He goes like this. Do you remember days not so very long ago when the world was run by people twice your size? And the days were filled with laughter and the nights were filled with stars. When you grew tired, you could close your eyes. Well, the stars were there for wishing, the winds were there for kites, and the morning sun was there for rise and shine. And even if the sniffles kept you home from school and bed, you could hardly stay there after nine. And I wonder if the smell of morning's faded, what happened to the robin song that sparkled in the sky? Where's all the water gone that tumbled down the stream? Will I ever catch another butterfly? Camp outs, right in your own backyard. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us this week, Adarsh Meshru, Mike Johnson, our host, Tom Dupree. And this show is provided by Dupree Financial Group. You like that better, Tom? What happened to the powered by? I just thought I'd throw a little mix in there. I understand we're going to be talking a little bit more about going into 2023. I can't believe it's the... Middle of December. Yeah, Yeah, something like that. All right. So, this is another song by Jim Salesstrom, whom I met at a Mercy Chefs uh, conference about four or five weeks ago. And he's really good. He is a guy that was friends with John Denver and has been a kind of a journeyman musician over the years. And I think done fairly well playing with a lot of he's kind of a guy who's a star that you've never heard of really yeah and he's friends with other people who are of course everybody's heard of john denver so you know those guys it's all not so much about who you are but who you know but anyway he's a pretty good guitarist himself and singer okay investing in an era of our uh, one thing elizabeth said just a minute ago, I'm going to kind of riff a little bit here. Um, we did a show, I don't know, three weeks ago where we talked about specific companies in which we invested. And we noticed that we had a lot of calls that week. I think it's important. Sometimes if you listen to this show, you might say, well, do they really have an investment philosophy or are they just sort of talking about markets? Well, a lot of times we're just talking about markets, but we do have an investment philosophy. And let me say, this is where I think we are. We could be, I could be wrong about this. I've been doing this quite a while, over 40 years. And in periods of rising interest rates, uh, which we had big time in the early 80s, Generally, high interest rates beget lower interest rates. 
meaning that it's it's sort of a known fact that that when rates go up it slows down the economy when the economy slows down there's less of a need for borrowed money and interest rates begin to come down now uh, one could argue that the Fed is sort of out of step with what the actual markets are saying. And, and I'll give you an example. Uh, Jerome Powell said, we're going to go all the way to 5.1% on the short end, which would imply either one more 50% hike and then a 25 basis, 50 basis point hike, and then a 25 basis point hike after that, or just do one for 75 and be done. But, because it's going to get you from four and a quarter to five. The the bond market, on the other hand, has had two or three successive short-term interest rate hikes and hasn't moved much. I mean, the the 10-year treasury has been higher for really since the end of September, and we've had two interest rate 75 basis point hikes and won 50 basis point hikes since then, uh, which would be 102%. And and yet the 10-year Treasury has stayed under 4%. So the bond market is telling you there will come a point where this is all going to end. And that is my thesis because I've seen it happen. I've, I've lived a long time in this market. And so I would say that at the core of what I believe is that over the next 12 months, you could do well in the markets, you could do poorly in the markets, but I do believe interest rates are going to come down. Therefore, we are well positioned in things that have yield and I would call it, the word I would use is duration. We're, we're trying to lock in some yields. And we're doing it in ways that you can understand because we believe that on retirement funds, money that you've got set aside for retirement income, it is very important to have as much dividend income or distribution income yield on the portfolio as you can, which prevents you from having to liquidate the principal for uh, living expenses. So that is a big function of what we're trying to do here right now. So anything you might hear us talk about, it's it's always going to be aimed at that. Um, to wit, Mike throws this freaking article at me. <laughs> Investing in an era of higher interest rates and scarcer capital. Well, that sounds scary. Uh, welcome to the end of cheap money. Share prices have been through worse, but only rarely have things been as bloody in so many asset markets at once. Investors find themselves in a new world, and they need a new set of rules. Okay, well, good luck with that. So <laughs> what's your thought there? Um, so th this one, and uh, Darshal, he can speak on a couple of these others, um, but this one really I, I, I found interesting. <clears throat> it, w w last year, we did a show on the 4% withdrawal rate. Uh, Morningstar came out with new numbers um, and saying that, well, it's not 4%, it's 3.3%. 
they came out, updated that again here recently. Now it's 3.8%. Here, here's where interest We're rates. We're going to try to make it five. Yeah. We can get us our yield to that. So. What, 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 what they're looking at. So when you have inflated assets like we had at the end of 2020, asset prices were high, interest rates were low. When you're I mean, lo- bonds and stocks were high in price. Yeah. Um, so you have high values on your investment accounts, higher than normal. Um, the idea of taking a 4% withdrawal rate from that uh, was actually a riskier assumption than it right. is today. Because remember, when you're looking at a withdrawal rate, you're looking at this as a 30-year withdrawal rate. This 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 needs to be there for your lifetime. Right. When you have lower values, lower valuations in the market, likely moving forward, you're going to have higher average returns from that starting point. So it, it's, it's counterintuitive, but from a, a, an income standpoint, it's, it's beneficial because you can now get a higher dividend yield, higher rates, but your long-term expected returns are higher than they were a year ago when valuations were so high. And so with all of these things, there's, there's a, there's a flip side to the coin on everything. Um, You know, you look at the, the PE ratios, market values, withdrawal rates, you know, prices being down in certain things. Well, that equates to a higher dividend yield. Right. So there's, you always have to look at the flip side. Uh, just because something looks bad on one side, there's also probably an opportunity on the other. So you, be aware of what's going on. But f- to me, this was one of the biggest points that, that jumped out. That goes back to my famous saying that I heard a guy say one time. It's good. It's bad. It's funky. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's like it can be good and bad at the same time. The, what I have to do when I see the market sort of hit the wall is I have to sort of say to myself, um, how can I turn the bad news into good news? Yeah. And that's, that's where we run into it. Right. Yeah, and, you know, this year uh, has been especially tricky because it's not just stocks that saw, you know, a big drawdown. Um, it's also uh, treasury bonds. So your typical 60-40 portfolio, you know, right. had the worst year since 1937. Yeah. And that's why it feels even more pa- painful because uh, what we've seen over the last few decades is usually when stocks drop, uh, bonds hold up. And people, you know, can rebalance portfolios and buy uh, more stocks. But bonds are holding up since September. Yes. Since so, the end of September. Yes. And that, that was going to be my next point, that we yeah. have seen uh, a restoration of that. Uh, it seems like that relationship is coming back where now they're, when the market drops, the bond, when the stock market drops, the bond market seems to be holding up. But uh, when it comes to interest rates, you know, Interest rates are basically uh, the price of uh, the cost of capital. And with interest rates going up, now you are being paid to take risk. And everyone should be paid to take risk. Uh, When rates were zero, uh, 
you know, you were taking all this risk, but you were not really getting the right return. And sure enough, as a result of that, we've seen this uh, reset where a lot of assets sold off. And now you can be selective about what you buy and get paid. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, the, the, the riskiest time for somebody to retire um, is when the market's high. When the market's high. Um, because yeah, really a- everything's expensive. You get into sequence of return risk. Um, but now you're seeing opportunities. You have to be very careful right now uh, because we are you're, – you're seeing things right now that could go either direction. So you have to be very careful. Um, but there are things that look relatively cheap, and there are some things that are lo- starting to look absolutely cheap. Um, but you have, I think another mindset that's going to shift is the pure focus on growth investing. Um, because growth has gotten its teeth kicked in so hard this year. Uh, I think that's shaking a lot of people out. A lot of speculators uh, are getting tossed out. Um, you know, I mean, there, there's, permanent impairment of capital in a lot of these areas, especially in the more growth and speculative things. So I think, I think you're going to start seeing that shift back to more fundamental, maybe value based, maybe dividends. Um, but I, I, I do think that this is a, a, a longer term shift than what we've seen in a long time. I mean, I mean, much like what you saw coming out of the tech bubble, I think. You know, in the markets, I don't care if you're talking about stocks or bonds, all securities have what's called a duration. And the assumption underlying duration is if I invest – when will I get my principal back and how will it come to me? And with a bond, a duration is, is a function of coupon, that is income and maturity. And sometimes the duration actually occurs before the maturity date because you've gotten all these coupons. And so really, you know, the the maturity of the bond is, is almost like a bonus. And I, what I'm trying to say is stocks also have a duration, but that is, a, is based upon the underlying earning assumptions. If interest rates go down, stock prices are able to go higher because you don't need as much earnings on the stock to compete with, with the bond. But if you go into a recession, the earnings on the stock could be impaired. If you are, and people say, well, you know, I'm not, I just put money in mutual fund. Okay, fine. You may not want to know all this about it, but it is, doesn't, just because you're not interested in it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And that your stock portfolio or mutual fund portfolio is governed by this as well as anything else. The thing I would tell you is that we do have uh, um, an outlook based upon experience 
and what we see going on in markets today. Yes, this is the most, perhaps the most predicted recession of all time. That doesn't mean that it won't occur because sometimes people just say it's going to happen so much that it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If it, I feel just based on what I know, I don't see any catalyst to drive interest rates higher from here other than the Fed. But the even the Fed ultimately cannot tell the market what it's going to do. The Fed can raise uh, short-term interest rates, and the bond market's just going to do what it does and ignore the Fed, which is starting to happen. Because keep in mind, these kinds of positions like head of the Federal Reserve, they're political positions. You have to appear to be relevant, even when you're irrelevant. Yeah, I think the the Fed is, you know, in a spot where their credibility uh, is in question. And uh, as a result of that, they may even be overdoing, you know, their uh, rate hikes. Not saying that's the right thing, but they were extremely slow to raise interest rates, even though there was evidence on the ground that int- uh, inflation was ticking up. Everyone knew that prices of used cars were extremely high and oil prices were going up. But the Fed kept saying that, no, this is temporary. And now they're going to the other uh, extreme where they, they are perhaps going to keep rates higher than they need to be and uh, in the process Just do some damage. make sure they're not... Right. You know, they're doubling down on the thing they were wrong about. Yeah, because in their minds, I feel the worst thing that could happen is that they let up on this and uh, start lowering interest rates and inflation makes a comeback, uh, which I, I think is what, what they are worried about. Uh, but there is evidence that a lot of the supply side issues are resolving and, uh, you know, the inflation that we saw perhaps was transitory, uh, except it just took longer than whatever right. we expected. I think that's what I said too, is that, that it was somewhat transitory. And I even believe that the inflation would have resolved itself, uh, despite any, um, any, uh, intervention, intervention by the fed. Yeah. Um, so, it is very tricky, you know, when it comes to commodities, uh, there are some shortages because we know over the last decade, there's not been much investment that's gone into it. So you could have a period where commodity prices remain high. Go because of supply high. chain. Yes, yes, but that may not re- uh, reflect in the consumer price index. We've seen similar periods. From the year 2000 to 2008, commodity prices kept going up, but, you know, uh, consumer inflation wasn't really that right. high. But I mean, the the Fed seems to be more focused on the employment numbers, though, and how that relates to inflation rather than just the, the and, prices and, and of things. Wage growth is four or five percent. Inflation's at yeah. seven. I mean, it's not wage growth that's driving this. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. You know, but they they seem to be worried about it. So I guess there's fears that they have to do everything they can. Because they they feel like if they take their foot off the right. pedal, that uh, 
rates could come roaring or inflation could come back. Especially because unemployment is extremely low. Yeah. And people do have disposable income. And then you start having the wage growth spiral because of that. Yeah. I'm going to go buy me a Tesla. <laughs> Can we? No. <laughs> you open the door on that one. No, I they I I do they do kind of pique my interest, but Tom is vehemently Oh, against she watches the, those e- EV ads big time. She thinks it's always cool. You don't well, have to fill it up. I definitely know it's your hot button. Mm-hmm. Which makes it kind of the whole thing sort of fun. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with the Darsh Meshroom, Mike Johnson, and our host, Tom Dupree. We're going out a little bit early today, so I'm going to have to riff and do a little marketing talk. If you want to hear more of the Tom Dupree Show, you can always go to our website. Wait a minute, are you registered? DupreeFinancial.com. I'm not giving any advice, just direction to the website. Just saying uh anyhow dupreefinancial.com under the blog and radio tab actually just the radio tab now we've got a new website we do have a blog tab as well which has some interesting insight and articles on it as well i need forgot to start my music you all got me all where is he taking you right up to the edge not really there he is there's jim we'll be back in just a few minutes with more of the Tom Dupree show. Stay tuned. And I wonder if the smell of morning faded. What happened to the robin song that sparkled in the sky? Where's all the water gone that tumbled down the stream? Will I ever catch another butterfly? Hi, I'm Tom Dupree. Good investing is hard work. At Dupree Financial Group, we do a significant amount of research on the companies in which we invest. Our research can be correct, but we don't control the markets. We may not be rewarded with success if the markets don't cooperate. Since we don't know if our investments are going to go up, what can we do that may offset that? The answer is buy things that pay dividends. If the investment pays you an income while you wait for it to rise in value, it offsets some of your risk. Give us a call at Dupree Financial Group. We'll review your retirement investment portfolio at no cost to you and make recommendations about how you might invest in today's market conditions. Listen to the Tom Dupree Show podcast at DupreeFinancial.com. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859 833-0400. She is fixed in his mind like a picture He's kept in his wallet for years and the image has never been tarnished by the blood sweat and tears and to him it appears that the moon is still over her shoulders 
Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us, Adarsh Meshru, Mike Johnson, our host, Tom Dupree. Leave that on. Leave that on. Did you get it that it was three-fourth time right at the beginning? I didn't. Uh, I was trying to listen to it like it was four-four. Well, you, you, it's a wall. It's a wall. You, you, you could kind of get the the ice skating movement. Like a wall. You musical guys. Is he? That's a drop D tuning on that guitar. It sounds like uh, a, the low D. There's two guitars. There's one doing just a strum, and then there's one doing an accompaniment. Yeah, but it, it's, it, it's probably a drop D or yeah. some open tuning. Yeah, it sounds. It's like a lower. It. It's a lower open tuning. This guy last night we went to this concert over in Louisville, and this guy had his guitar tuned down to an E flat, open E flat. Hmm. So that's just. A straight E tuning down. Just down a half step. I don't know how he did it. It sounded incredible. It almost didn't sound like a guitar. Well, it sounded like a guitar, but it sounded like a guitar with a cold. <laughs> and it was uh, open. It was an open Yeah, it was an open tuning. Oh, uh, crazy. Did you say who that was? That was that guy that was with Andrew Peterson. No, I'm talking about the artist, Michael Johnson. This is Michael Johnson, and I'm talking to Michael Johnson. Also, <laughs> he's sitting across from me. So, But it wasn't him playing. Different one playing. Yeah. Now, I want to say this. Um, in a market like this, you're going to hear all kinds of predictions. We actually have an article here that says, Be on your guard against... Wall Street forecast. And, you know, in the business that I'm in and have been for many years, the big question people are, well, what's this stock market going to do? It's kind of like, yeah, I know what's going to happen in the stock market. No, I don't. I mean, you look at some stocks made a high five weeks ago and they've dropped 30%. The market is looking for direction. If you can buy something in an, in a um, in a period like this, that and I've run an ad that says this, that you know is is good, but it's cheap, and you have patience. Quite often, you can do well. Yes, you might not hit the bottom. But this is where research comes in. Now, I know very few things. Do I know when, say, Blackstone is going to be able to start 
getting out of its deals. No, I don't. And neither does the market, and therefore um, the stock continues to sell off. And that being the case, it makes it tough to say, well, now's the time to buy it. One thing I do feel fairly certain about, under these situations that we're in, I believe in a year interest rates will be lower than where they are right now. I feel that very strongly. So if you can look at that as a scenario and then build off of that, I think you can put some ideas together. Um, one thing that's really interesting, <clears throat> I remember when interest rates on money market funds were double digits back in the eighties, over 10% to put your money in a money market fund. We're now getting back to where we're going to be close to 4% on Money market funds. A year ago, we were effectively at zero. Now we're back at four. So the there there's there's going to be a value. You're not just losing by holding cash. Mm -hmm. You'll actually get a little bit of return. Be careful getting used to it. Because once it turns, it turns very quickly. And your three or four or five percent yield on your cash can go back to being two or one. Because when, when rates begin to change, short term interest rates can change very quickly. And you, if you're buying something that uses short term interest rates to, uh, to provide the in, in investment uh, uh, vehicles, they can change very quickly, mm -hmm. but you have to, it's like going to a horse sale and saying, I've got this horse. Maybe if the right buyers are there, we can sell it for this price. You're betting, you're hoping, you're wishing, but you're not sure that, that it's going to happen. I can say with relative sureness in my own space that I think rates are going to go lower in the next year. There's too many things happening in the economy that are pointing to a slowdown. Housing is one big part of it. Has the housing slowdown spread to everything else? Not yet. Will it? Yes, it will. It'll begin to spread. So, I mean, that's just my thoughts on the thing. Yeah, and <clears throat> I, I like uh, how he, uh, he quotes Buffett on the get-go of this, and I'll put some color to it. He said, the only value of stock forecasters is to make fortune tellers look good. Right. <laughs> Quoting Buffett. Um, what they're talking about sp specifically are more trading-based uh, scenarios. 
Um, and you also have the talking heads out there that are maybe talking their own book, doing this, and you see them on CNBC, which I, I watch that in the mornings too. But you, you see all these people out there talking, you know, they're – Prediction on what's going to happen with the market next year. Short-term movements. You'll have people making predictions you know, over the next month that this is going to happen or that's going to happen. Be very careful because there has to be context to it. Uh, because it, to, to your point, Tom, you know, what, and it, we do this here constantly. We always ask, okay, what if this doesn't happen? Right. You know, we can have a base case, a thesis on an event happening or you know, a, a thesis on a company that we own. But we're always asking, what if th- this other thing happens? Right. What's the effect going to be net to our clients, basically? What's going to happen to the investment if this other thing happens or it doesn't work out the way that we want it to or see it happening? So be very careful of anybody that's investing based on them, quote unquote, knowing what something's going to do. Because they, they don't know. They don't know. Um, nobody knew what was going to happen with Russia and Ukraine. Nobody knew that we were going to have a lockdown if, if in 2020. Nobody knew. Nobody knows what's going to happen this year. But you can look at certain things that are going on and create a thesis off of that and back that up with evidence, but then take that a step further and say, okay, rather than quote unquote, betting the house on this event, let's take it a step further and say, if this happens, this would be a good scenario. If this other happens, here's the potential downside and here's how we try to mitigate that. So it's all about, you know, having the thesis but then also risk mitigation and not make not making a pure bet just on event a b or c happening or not happening right and go ahead yeah you know i was going to say that it's very important to uh be clear on you know your current uh state and position uh in life so if you're a young person you know, all, all this is useless to a young person because all they have to do is, you know, keep making contributions, not worry about what the market's going to do. Now, if you're older and if your assets are going to be passed on to your heirs, then you are still investing for the long run, which means that you don't really have to, you know, constantly worry about what the market may do or may not do. In fact, the more time you spend on trying to figure that out, the more confused you'll become and end up making a wrong decision. Uh, so your ability to stay invested for the long run is usually, uh, you know, an investor's greatest strength and any short term trading, uh, you know, should be left to just the traders. Well, and and you you made a, a point, you know, younger person, dollar cost averaging, you know, having a down market is one of the best things that can have that can happen to them when you look out over a 30 year period when it's early on. A lot of our clients are getting ready to retire, have recently retired and they're taking distributions. You know, this is supplementing their lifestyle and short term movements do matter. 
to, to that individual. Because if you have a withdrawal rate, that money has to come from somewhere. So the short-termism, short-termism, if you will, absolutely plays a role. And you have to be careful. You don't want to be liquidating your principal, your shares in a down market. Um, if growth isn't growing, then you might have an issue if you're drawing something out. That's where dividends come into play. And so all of these different factors, it's, it's part of the portfolio management. Um, so you don't want something that's based purely on speculation or uh, uh prognostication of what's of something happening you have a thesis but it's not it doesn't turn into a bet um it's something that's backed up right. by research uh but then also looking at the, the the risk mitigation that's a big part of it right the the point of having money in an investment account is to earn enough to preserve its purchasing power how you do that is important, but it's not as important as the fact that you do it. And so consequently, you have to always look at uh, every kind of thing you can do. And sometimes the tools will change that can help you get to where you're wanting to go. As we just said a minute ago, you're now able uh, to invest in, um, put your money in a money market fund. It doesn't cost you to sit in cash. And we're going right. to do some of that because it's paying a little more than it was. But we're going to keep eyes open for where we can add to duration lock-in yields for a longer period of time. We're very focused on that right now. If you don't have much of a clue of how you're invested, I mean, and I know there's a lot of people like that. Give us a call because it's kind of stupid not to know what the heck you're doing. And yet people cling to stupidity a lot because – they can't bring them. Oh, you're going to correct me. Make sure I don't hurt anybody's feelings. No, what I, I was going to add. Like, what? No, I was not going to. It. It is. I think a lot of times people are fearful of coming off as stupid or uneducated. That's what we're here to we're do. We're all stupid at times. That's so what don't we're feel here bad to, about it. That's what we and do. There are though. no stupid questions. No. Just don't stick with stupid. <laughs> Well, you know what it's, I will say, silly is not reaching out for help when you don't know answers. Exactly. That's not that's, smart right yeah. there. That, that, that what, that's what needs to change, especially in a very confusing environment like this. And I'm speaking from my perspective. I'm not licensed. I don't do what these guys do. I'm, just, I'm a marketing type. So there are a lot of things that, that I have to tell them sometimes to dial back and to really explain, and they're very good at explaining things, and they love to educate our clients. Educate, so, guide, and empower. That, that is true. That's what we like to do. Yeah, I mean, we, have, we have clients that are quite good. In, uh, invest, they're, they're very good investors in their own right. Um, right. And we can really get down in the weeds you know, talk to them specifics on what they own, why they own it. 
Um, but then it runs the gamut too. And it's not one is better or not than the other. Just other people aren't interested in it. And our job is to get them interested enough that they care about their money. Uh, and, they know, and look out for them in the meantime. And look out for them Act in the meantime. Act as a fiduciary. Exactly. Always act in their best interest. That's right. We're required by law to do that. Yep. That, that's right. And our uh, consciences. It's not right. just the law. We have to be be able to feel like we've done the right thing. Yeah. Well, and, and no one – so – the firm, our firm is a, an RIA, Registered Investment Advisor. So the firm is required to put your interests ahead of our own. The firm is. Right. Then on top of that, you have additional fiduciary responsibilities. So you have to know where your money's invested, know where it is, know what the firm is pushing. So you have the, the firm, first and foremost, has to be set up with your best interests at heart. Um, if that's not the case, I don't care how good, honest, whatever, the advisor's incentive might not be aligned with yours if the firm itself isn't encouraging and demanding that of the employees. There are also some firms that are duly registered. Yeah, and that's so confusing. Very that confusing. Is very confusing to the consumer because they can sell Yep things like annuities for a very high commission. And then on their other side, they can say, oh, we're a registered investment advisor. We act as a fiduciary. So they're wearing two different hats. So yeah. be on the lookout for that as well. It's just always know what the person's incentive is. Um, the, the person that is trying to help you with your investments. Right, right, right. Um, but back to the, you know, predictions for the year one they, they have some statistics in here and it just w of how wrong a lot of these big firms not just last year but their track record of predicting short-term events it's in the a market. little bit embarrassing it, it's it's pitiful it's pitiful yeah. and, and i'm not you know it's not like i, I knew think, uh, what was gonna happen jp but, morgan their their biggest pick was amazon and <laughs> oh yeah fell out of bed I mean, and goldman was predicting 5100 s&p in 2022 yeah, yeah i mean it, it's it, it's is that it's abby uh, cohen or she's gone she's probably yeah, retired I think she's retired i haven't heard yeah abby joseph cohen yeah so it's 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 pitiful <laughs> you know how how bad these you know there's this is billions and billions of dollars going into this kind of research and they're not they're not hitting it right um even from a a long-term perspective they don't get it right most of the time and so they, they, I, I like the way they put it there's two classes of or two categories the i knows and the i don't know category the i knows are they're the ones out there saying this is going to happen at this time this time this time that'd be somebody like uh, uh jeremy grantham you know it's yeah. always you know doom you know doom and gloom or even jeremy siegel too yeah yeah it's On always going to be side. good the flip yeah. side of it yeah flip side. siegel's right more than grantham yeah. um but uh, and then the i don't knows that can run the gamut um from Here's a base thesis, like we were talking about, which we kind of lean more towards, all the way to the I don't want to have an opinion on anything in the so market. Why are you even? And then, and then that's 
yeah, so way what? to the other extreme. You have to have an opinion at some base level. You have to have an opinion on something. There's a guy out there. He's always bullish. Uh, the first trust guy. Uh, uh, Brian Westbury. Yeah, yeah. Always bullish. I don't know what he's saying lately. but Yeah, I haven't kept up with him. Yeah, but he's typically very bullish. So, Well, the, the point is, I'm going to tell you right now, I believe in duration right now. I believe in being out on the curve and locking in some yield. Uh, I don't see the inflation drivers from here through the next year. I think they are being circumvented as we speak. So that part I do know. So you're listening to the Tom Dupree Show, and I'm going to just say they're calling for a recession in 2023. I don't think it's going to happen because they're expecting it to. And since I'm not licensed, I can I can sound silly. We'll be back it next be week right. with uh, or the next hour with more of the Tom Dupree Show. <laughs> Call us if you want some guidance in the financial so markets. There. 859-233-0400. We'll be back in just a few minutes. <laughs>